Yo, G Banger. Good day to Yo, you. Yo, GB. Good day, sir. How are you? I would both rather do well. And what ah. about you? How's, how's, uh, uh, how's your training sessions been? Um, slightly less this week, just because my mate was ill on Friday, so I did my own, which are never as good. Let's face it, because I'm at home, <laughs> I, <laughs> and um, I, and and I, I don't know if you find this, maybe you don't, but if I've been teaching all day and then I have to think about a session for myself, it is a bit haphazard. I know what I need to do, but I'm also just mm-hmm. like, you know, and I'm in my bedroom and I've got my weights and uh, I wonder if it'd be different if I was in a gym, like a different environment. I associate my bedroom with yeah, um, totally. with sleep and winding down. So maybe it's not the best environment to actually do a fairly heavy strength session. Um, but it's where all my weights, my, my weights are. So, yeah, I just prefer someone training me, if I'm honest. How about you? Yeah, yeah, fully. I love that as well. It's like, mm. yeah, I can get my own training done, but it's nothing like having a, a solid plan in place and uh, somebody else coaching you to do it because – yeah. And you automatically got that accountability baked into it as well. And what they say goes. So mm-hmm. I love that. I love that feeling as well of just being pushed to a level which you wouldn't otherwise be able to. And it's just essentially is having one other person essentially is creating a little bit of a community. So yeah. that when you're working together with people, there's a social aspect to it as well. You want to do, you want to do better. You don't want to let somebody down. You know, it's just like yeah. it's all my kind of thing. So, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to it. I definitely prefer it compared to mm. training on my own as well. And even if you are like the person who is leading the training, you know, as, mm. a, as a coach or as a trainer and um, people are looking up to you for it, it um, it makes a, it makes a difference as well. I feel like That's- you raise your game i feel like i raise my game because if especially if i've got other people looking up to me um to to bring it yeah I'm like, all right i'm bringing i'm bringing it i'm raising my game and um i feel like uh being that person helps me be better yeah you level up don't you whether you're the coach or yeah. the person being trained it, it's just a, it is it, it is a leveling up sorry um and what I really like about training with someone else is, like you say, it keeps you accountable, but it also, you just get pushed that little bit more. And I don't push myself mm-hmm. despite being a trainer. I do to a point, but then actually I just start to mess about and I'm silly and I start doing jits rolls and then I just, <laughs> and then I stop what I'm doing and I'm like, oh no, I should try this. So yeah, um, it just, yeah. it tends to go a little bit off yeah. so when you, I'm you training myself. From the plan. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I, I like the structure of having someone train me. And she's written down a plan. She knows what we're doing for that day. She's like, right, we're training legs, but we're going to be doing glutes and hamstrings. or we're going to be doing this. And and it's like, but also having someone look at your form. And she's like, no, no, put your foot there. Slow it down. Don't put your hips there. And it's all the stuff that, mm-hmm. yes, I think I'm in place when I'm, when I'm um, doing it myself. But even as trainers, we don't know whether we've got that alignment and that that positioning and that posture as we move into whatever it is that we're doing. So it's um, I just really enjoy it. And I like that, that it's the community thing as well. For me as well, it's also whether I'm teaching or whether I'm being trained. Again, it's a bit, it is and it isn't, but it's like a performance. So I up my game as well. It's a bit of leveling up yep. in that way. Because um, you are, you're in front yeah. of someone. You don't want to do a bad job. So 
there is a level mm -hmm. of it being a bit like a performance as well for me. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I feel that as well. It's like, um, mm. yeah, you're putting yourself out there. It's like, all right, I'm yeah. to put the best version of myself out there. Yes, exactly. Um, and so, as I said, I haven't had um, as many training sessions this week, but I've still got it done. I've still got myself in. And I feel like at the moment, because I'm going to go on plan probably mid-August, I've kind of I have that bit of leeway to to maybe just take it easy. I almost feel like, and, and my friend's going to be going on plan. She's going to be um, doing a competition in November, so she's going to be starting her plan at the beginning of August. So I think that's when we're all going to go and get really, really serious. So it's almost like now she's like, you know, just take it easy. Don't worry, eat a bit more. Like you've got time, and then we're going to start. Well, me mid August, her before. Um, mm -hmm. and then yeah, shit gets real. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we'll see fun, what happens. Yeah, it's going to be an yeah, interesting it's journey. Fun. It is going to yeah. be interesting, and I, I yeah. think it is. It, it's not going to come without struggle, and it's not going to come without all the stuff that you go through to get to that end goal, that end performance, that end point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to try. So, yeah, watch this space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like how you say that as well. It's uh, it's not going to be without struggle because anything worth doing is going to have some struggle attached to it as well. So you just got to be able to see it through and just, uh, I was going to say raise your game, but it's not necessarily about raising your game. It's just yeah. it's just about seeing it through. It's just falling back on your your grip and developing that. Exactly, exactly. And and it's just and it's also just it's something that I haven't done before. I and I was thinking about it the other day. It's like I have ever so slightly done some fight training. When I've been in Thailand, I've I've done that kind of life where you're training twice a day and you're really monitoring your food. And it wasn't for a fight or anything like that. It was just that that lifestyle, that training element and that nutritional element. So I know how it works, but I haven't done anything like this before where I've got an end goal and I'm working towards something and you have to stay on point you have to stay on track there's no ah oh, sod it I'm going to go out and have a pizza or whatever it is you know you're going to have a, a a cheat day or a cheat weekend because that essentially throws it all off that throws the entire plan off so um yeah it's going to be fun I think as well as, as as well as difficult, it will be fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fully. Um, yeah, you're gonna go places you haven't been before, like you said, right? It's like you yeah. haven't tried anything like this before, and um, and then by by its very nature, that means uh, you're gonna be taking places that you haven't been to before as well. So you're gonna need to rely on parts of yourself where there's there's similarities with other situations. So, for example, when it starts yes. to get difficult. It's like, okay, when things have got difficult, when have I um, brought my A game? Like, what have I done to see myself through that in other situations? So, okay, cool. I need mm -hmm. to transfer what I've done there into into this uh, into this endeavor because I think one thing that uh, gets overlooked a lot is just how s skilled we might be in certain areas of our life, and then. For whatever reason, we're not very good at seeing how those same skills can transfer into other 
domains, mm. right? So you've got a point. Um, so yeah, because I mean, a lot of people really are afraid of setting foot into the gym to start with, uh, if they've never really been in that, um, scenario before haven't really trained haven't really taken care of themselves in that way. And now they're like, okay, something needs to change, but it's very, very challenging mentally. Um, because you're a little bit afraid. You're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have, mm. um, uh, I'm coming at it from a place of, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm uncomfortable. I'm apprehensive. Um, can I really achieve the thing that I really want to achieve, um, with, uh, with, like, you know, what kind of effort do I need to put into it? There's so many questions that come up and then there's just a general yeah. fear of being surrounded by people who look like they know what they're doing. Not necessarily do know what they're doing when they're in yes. the gym. Cause you yes. can see a lot of people throwing around some waste, but then, uh, they're not necessarily doing it very well. But, um, but then in those scenarios, what you want to do is just kind of remind yourself where in other situations you started out and you had no idea what you're doing, how you began, became, uh, somebody who excelled at that is, and it can be just, um, you know, your line of work It's like, you know, you start mm. out in your line of work, um, not knowing anything really because you're fresh at it and, um, you've got to get, um, you've got to just go through the fire and get good at it over time. And right. uh, it's just a yeah. matter of practice and being in a game. So what do you do? What did you do in that scenario? Like, okay, I just threw myself in and, whatever mistakes I made, I learned from them and I carried on going. So, okay, great. We're going to take this exact same way of operating in that world and bring it into the world of your own health, your own fitness. So it doesn't matter if you don't know what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you've never been here before. Um, you have done something like this in a different domain. You're just not conscious of thinking about it in that way. So let's bring an idea of so from uh, let's bring what you've done in another domain into this domain and you can start to feel a little bit more confident that you'll get to where you want to get to because you do have the abilities. It's just a matter of applying them in a different way. That's really, really great. That's really great advice. Um, and, and please know if you are listening to this and you are thinking of making a change and it is nerve wracking, for example, going into a gym or a gym setting or, for example, a Pilates class or even a personal training session or something that where you maybe feel a little bit of discomfort or it's something that you haven't done before or you know you need to make a change. Please know that when I went back into a gym after years of not being in a gym and it was a gym that I was a personal trainer at. And, and I'm well aware of the setup and it's, you know, it's a fairly flash, expensive gym. Um, know that when I went into the weight section, I felt intimidated as a personal trainer, as a Pilates teacher, as someone that's even worked in that gym. I hadn't been there for what, eight to 10 years. I felt intimidated and it is scary because it is out of your comfort zone, regardless of whether you've been there before. But yeah, absolutely. Apply what you know to the situation at hand and something that I really like to do if I'm particularly anxious about a situation um, is think of someone that I have a huge amount of respect for or someone that I admire whether they're famous or whether I know them so let's take Dr Kathy Dooley let's maybe just use her as an example I'd be like what would Kathy do what would she be like how would she deal with this situation someone that I really look up to and I feel is mega confident mega knowledgeable knows her stuff in the gym how would she respond to this situation or something like that so it could be anyone it could be 
And if anybody wants really... to, if anybody wants to know who she is, go and check out episode fifty-eight of the Evolve Achieve Thrive podcast. Yeah, and you'll understand why Jude's talking about her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because she was oh, a guest appearance be... on that. Yeah, she was, and she's awesome. She, her knowledge and her experience, and just the way she lives her life, is just so inspiring. But it doesn't have to be someone that you know personally or someone that you've been mentored by, or whatever. It could be an actor. It's like, what would Iron Man do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my one's uh, my one's Captain America. I just say to myself, <laughs> I can do this all day. There you go. What would Captain America do? He'd be in the gym, wouldn't he? He'd blow it <laughs> apart. So, uh, and so that's the thing. I'm having a real meltdown moment. I do. And it can be anything. It's like, how would someone that I look up to deal with this situation? Um, and I think mm. that really helps. So know that you can do yeah. it. Even if you feel like an imposter, mm. even if you're like, what the hell am I doing here? And I know what it's like to walk into a gym when you're really nervous. Um, and know that even trainers struggle with that as well. It's, yeah. it's, you're not alone. No way. And uh, we've all walked into mm. uncomfortable situations. But then before you know it, after you put in the time, you put in the dedication, you put in the weeks, you stroll in and you're better and it's, and it's much easier to deal with. It feels home. It feels more homely. Yeah, exactly. You get used to the environment and then there you go. And that's, that's just anything, right? It's like, you're unfamiliar with something. Mm. You do it often enough. You start to become familiar with what needs to happen and you start to become familiar with the environment and who you are in that environment. I think, um, the stuff that you said there about looking up, who do you look up to who that you can emulate essentially? to get mm. yourself through that situation. That's really, um, I think that's actually really sound advice as well, just like sound um, you know, mode of operating because mm. what you're actually doing is tapping into a better part of yourself by seeing in other people. You don't really think you have it in yourself, but actually by yes. emulating what somebody else is doing, you realize you do actually have it in yourself. That's so very cool, yes. That's, um, yeah, so it is very cool, right, where you've got, you know, you're inspired by someone and um so let's just say okay so me i'm inspired by tom cruise we've talked about this many times before yes right? i know so because because of his level of commitment to his it's, it's not just level it's relentless commitment to his craft and to his art and yes. uh, and the way yes. that he wants to live his life all that kind of stuff so when i see that that's like all right that that part of that person is something that I would love to be able to emulate, right? Just whatever I feel an urge to do, um, whatever is important for me to do, just show relentless commitment to it. And I'm never going to do it to the level that he's doing at right now because it's Good. also like Glad practice, you said that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just practice because, okay, I he's got years and years and years in the game of being that committed. And so it's just like a level, like that's just day-to-day -day operation for him. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's like, okay, I need to build up that commitment muscle. And uh, so I'll do a bit of commitment each day, each day, each day, and then I get better and better and better at it. And so what you're realizing is actually you are just tapping into your own potential. So you're looking at somebody yeah. else to emulate, and then you realize that actually I do have it within myself. I just need to build it up to the level yeah. that person has built it up to, or to a degree which you're like, okay, this is this is good. I can I can 
uh, I, I can use this now. This is a, this is a sure part of me now. It's not just something I have to build up. It's like a, it's something I can rely on now. So yeah, yeah what you, that's what you're realizing is is that you're just actually tapping into a part of yourself that you just didn't know you had by looking at somebody yeah. else and being inspired by what they've achieved and um, and what they're what they're like and saying, okay, I need to tap into that. And then you start to do that. And then you just made that your own trait, you know, you've, you made yourself better in that way. And, um, yeah. And that's what's, I think another thing that's interesting about it is it's like what your, what you believe that other person is like, you know, cause it's not necessarily true because you can see something, especially when it's famous people. So you gave us an example of somebody that, you know, so we know that this person is genuinely like this. Um, yes. then they could be somebody that you don't know and you get a really, you get a good sense. You, you might get a good sense. Well, I say that, but then we never really do when it's somebody who's famous. You never yeah. know what's going on behind the curtain, right? But um, what you see there is what you think they're like. And then if you're even, even that can be helpful. So it's like, it might, they might not even be true. They might not be like that, but the, because you perceive them to be like that, you're like, okay, let me just see if I can, uh, 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 emulate that so that I can get to where I want to be and, um, and use that to propel me forward. Um, then it's just that if you find out that that person's not like that at all, just that shouldn't reflect anything on you. You shouldn't mean like, you know, no, oh crap, I've been doing it wrong. It's like, no, that's, that's not the case at all is, uh, is just, yeah. Even if you're completely wrong about that person, at least you've you you've done something better for yourself so whatever that judgment doesn't matter in that sense it's just yeah. uh, what you've done for yourself and that and what you use to inspire yourself because that's um that's the most important part but it could even be a character couldn't it be it could be a fictional character in a book mm. and you are inspired by their values exactly. and and their and their qualities and that's what it's about it's it's you you have those qualities within you. You're just trying to draw them to you. So it can be a completely fictional character. It, it can be it can be anything. Um, it could be even like a a lyric in a song, couldn't it? It's it's just yeah. It's yeah, anything exactly. that works to bring those qualities to you and give you the confidence to go and do whatever it is that you're feeling anxious about or you feel overwhelmed about so yeah it yeah. has such power totally. and and when i when i was playing when i was a musician that was often i can't remember why i i was given that advice probably from a, one of my music teachers um but it is like before you step on stage pretend you're the person that you admire when you walk on stage and after a while mm. i stopped doing it because i think i i guess i had the qualities of the people that I admired, i.e. their confidence and their self-control to step on stage and be me and perform mm. the music as me. I didn't need to pretend to be uh, the best clarinetist in the world. Not that I was at all in any way, shape or form, but I felt comfortable in my skin to stand on stage and perform as myself. And and I think that yeah. has power as well. It's like at some point you, you marry mm. everything up and you become who not who you admire because you're always going to admire other people, but you're confident enough in your own skin to do whatever it is that you're finding difficult. Mm, yeah. I think, um, yeah, there's a couple of things there that you've said, which it would be nice to delve into a little bit. The first one was going back to what you said about the music and lyrics, you know, it could be a single lyric and a song, which, yeah. uh, which gets you G'd up. 
but this is why yeah. we have uh, our own little playlist for training, right? So yeah, you create yeah. your own little training playlist because it gets you in the frame of mind to train at your best and bring that intensity mm -hmm. that you need to, but you can have that for lots of different things. So they, you can literally yeah. have a, have a playlist for appreciating life basically just something that brings out gratitude you can have a playlist which gets you in the right frame of mind to study or right frame of mind mm -hmm. to um like i was talking about commitment is like frame of mind to get me committed to actually doing the act so that thing which gives me a little extra um alertness little extra buzz um little extra motivation to um propel myself forward and and do and, and do the thing that I need to do. Um, so yeah, you can have all those different playlists and also, you know, a playlist, which is, um, something that taps into you, your higher ver highest version of yourself. You know, you can have a bunch of songs on there, which like, uh, which help you level up, which help you bring you to the best version of yourself. And, uh, so yeah, you've got lots of different ways that you can make that happen. I think that's a really, really good way of doing it is, having having music because music is one of those things where you know i'm still it's it's one of those things i want to understand more and more and more about like you know what is it about music that is speaking to us um uh, in such a way or like not just speaking to us but helping us express ourselves to the best of our capabilities or you know it's 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 got something about it it's a quality to it which you could never capture in words but it helps you feel like a thousand things in, a, in ways which words don't quite do the same thing and it's not even words so like you know we talk about language being the pinnacle of our ability to communicate but we can communicate through music and we've probably been doing music more than we've been doing language yeah, yeah. that's it I and mean, like we've probably been doing music more longer i think than we have been using language for as well so we've got the uh, so there's, there's more that's communicated in music potentially than there is through language. Um, so yeah, so it's just fascinating. So you can use that, you know, you can use that as a, uh, as a, as a way of getting yourself to your higher self. And then what you said there about the, uh, go on stage and pretend you're the person who you admire. That's, um, I would, I would take like kind of based on the things I don't know, I'm not saying that's not good advice. I'm just saying, I, I think maybe the way that I would take it is, um, before that is just get everybody to tap into their own version of their best selves. Like, okay, so who are you when you are at your best? And then that helps you raise your, raise your frequency. So I, cause I think it's, there's an element of it, which is, okay, I know, but that's me and that's within me. I don't have to try and pretend to be somebody else. I can just be me and just be a better version of me. And I think there's maybe there's more confidence in that, right? So rather than pretend to be something else, you're actually being yourself and being the best version of that. So there's what we talked about earlier, which is emulating what qualities somebody has to help you bring yourself up to a level um, and or using those qualities or like helping you develop your own qualities. And then there's, and then there's the, the, the exercise of figuring out who you are at your best, all the traits that you have, the level that you operate at, and then bringing that to, to the show. I think, I think there's more, maybe there's more of a, I think you can get more, uh, a better connection to, I agree. uh, 
to the performance and to the level of performance you need to pull out than if you're pretending to be somebody else. And uh, yeah, I guess it's like, like, like you mentioned the imposter syndrome earlier as well. I think maybe there's less of that going on because then you're like, oh, no, wait, I'm not trying to be somebody else. I am me and this is the best version of me. So there's no need for an imposter to be kicking in. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think there's a few things that I'll, I'll unpack with that. So I think mm. when you're about to, with with performing in particular, and when you're walking on a stage and doing something particularly difficult and you're struggling, you're about to fall apart, I don't think there's anything wrong with emulating someone else. Um, exactly. But at, on the flip side of that, it's like, and what you were saying about why is it, what is it about music that makes us do whatever it is that we're about to do? Well, music is expression, right? At, 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 at its essence, what you're listening to is a form of expression. Um, so you're hearing emotional outpour within the music, whatever it might be. I, I don't care if it's metal or it's classical music or everything in between. That's someone's blood sweat and tears that have gone into it you know and, and that might be laughable you're like oh yeah but what about Gabba and it's like yeah but someone still put something together and created something that they think that they can then give to other people so you have got this form of expression that does something to you do you know what I mean and then you've got people playing it so it's it's all they you've got someone in a studio like putting it all together and that form of expression is then given to you so it does something to you. It's a language, right? So mm -hmm. tracking back, it's like, okay, yes, to get on stage without falling apart, sometimes I needed to be someone else. But then once you're on stage and you're there and you're in it, you've got to relay that form of expression. It's got to be about you because right. sometimes it might not be because you, you've heard it and you play it or whatever. But for me, it was about relaying music in my expression so it was almost like my mom always said to me it's like that was the way that I got my emotions out I wasn't very good at communicating I'm still not good at communicating but do you know what I mean it was like that was how I got emotional outpour out it's like I was so expressive in my music and and that was the way that I expressed myself in general so she was really sad that when I gave it up it's like how are you going to express yourself how are you going to get your emotions out and it's like I don't know we'll work it out but I think when you're doing something where you have to perform like that, it is about emotional expression. You you are trying to bring something of yourself, of the piece, to an audience. So I guess there my points is that music is expression, and that's why it gets us so riled up, unlike language. But then if you're listening to something, whether it's a film or whether it's a play or whatever, and someone is doing a speech and it's so powerful i think that can have the same thing but another thing i was thinking as mm -hmm. you were talking about that is that visual gives that to some people you know how some people when they have a goal say they want to buy a house they might have a picture of some random house it doesn't really matter but that's what drives them forward they look at that picture and it's like yes that's why i'm doing everything that i'm doing that's why i'm saving all this money and i'm doing everything and they keep looking at that house so it's almost like there's there's visual, there's there's vocal, there's music, whatever it is that gets you to head towards your goal. I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. His um, music is expression, and yeah, there's. Well, we can use all our senses in that. 
in terms of getting us where we want to be. So the, the act of, the act of visualizing something like, okay, if we, if we get mechanistic about it, so you look at something in the world, like, like physically you're actually looking at something, you're lighting up part of the uh, visual cortex and you are translating that into, you know, whatever your brain thinks that is basically. And, uh, Similarly, when you're going through imagination, you're visualizing something, you start to visualize a thing. And the more clearly you visualize it, um, the strong, more strong that activation of the visual cortex is. So even though you haven't actually taken in information, you still get activation of that part of your brain and then, you know, translate, relays it to the rest of your brain. So you, by having that visual, so, you know, you're looking at physically something, okay, here's the ideal house that I want to own, but then also locking that into your mind and then continually visualizing the thing that you want as if it's already happened Yes, is exactly, is extremely powerful and gets you to that place with a lot more, um, well, you have a lot more clarity, which allows you to act. Uh, act more in line with that goal as well. So it helps you get there quicker, essentially. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, and then there's everything else that comes with that. So, you know, some people might be visual, then you can do things uh, like kinesthetically, like feeling yourself in that place as well. Mm-hmm. So you have your house, it's okay, well, there's the visual, maybe that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Now imagine yourself walking through that house, right? Mm-hmm. So you close your eyes and you actually figure, like feel yourself walking through something, and then you're going to get activate those parts of your motor cortex, and which are going to allow you to um, experience it as if you're actually doing it. And then, you know, sounds that living in that house is like, you know, do you have a fireplace? Can you hear the fire going off? And um, you know, are they like, is it is it a pretty quiet area? And you just hear nature, and you just hear the the wind blowing through the trees, you know, that kind of thing. And then you you really pay attention to that kind of thing. So you're getting a kinesthetic awareness, you're getting the auditory, you're getting that visual, and um, the emotional is like, okay, imagine feeling what it's like living in your own place. It's like, okay, I feel accomplished. I feel uh, content and because it's my own now, and I feel proud because I own something. So all those things amalgamate and co- coalesce into a thing which makes it such a powerful image as if it's real that it helps you it, it propels you again. I've said this several times now, it propels you forward. It like literally gives you the juice to, yeah, yeah, to go and, uh, go and achieve that. Um, so talk about it with clients quite regularly and especially with the, with the last conversation, like the neurobiology of, of uh, purpose. And, and then I talked about it with clients, uh, in terms of, um, so in our group coaching call, I talked about it in terms of, uh, how it relates to your own health and fitness goal, because you can have a health and fitness goal. And, uh, for a lot of people, you know, it's difficult to introduce these new habits and changes that you got to have to make in your day-to-day life to go and achieve that goal. But, um, but it's not just about achieving that goal is how does it tie in with your whole life? Like, what does it mean for your whole life to get into the shape you want to get into, have that confidence in your body, get out of pain and, and move freely. So, okay, well, it means that in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years time, when I'm 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever, I'm actually able to move. I can play with my kids and my grandkids. Um, you know, I can be there for them without feeling like I'm a broken mess and um not uh, like if we're going to go road trip and i can't be not going you know i want them to experience life for example so 
when you tie it to that, there's again propels you forward because you've got a lot more juice in the tank. You're not just thinking, oh, I need to be in this shape because I'm going to look good. It's like, no, I'm going to be in this shape because of this, this, and this, and uh, which is in the grander scheme of how you want your life to be. So do that. Always have that because the moments where you don't want to do the thing, you don't want to train, you don't want to eat right, you know, all that kind of um, baggage comes back and you just feel like it's not a worthy pursuit, then you just remember actually it ties into a much, much bigger ideal than just uh, the goal that I've got in front of me. So then you, yeah, you reinvigorate yourself and uh, you get your, uh, you get your kick to keep going. So you've blunted the, you've blunted the, um, the motivation and you've given yourself some extra juice. So you're making that trajectory a bit more upward, uh, upward curved. Yeah, I love that. I love all of that. And something that I've been thinking about this week is like, why, why do I live my life as, as I am? Why, you know, why do I put so much into my health and wellness, my mind? Why is it? Why am I not enjoying life? People maybe might see the way I live my life as slightly boring and very controlled because I'm very mindful about how much I put in my body, what I put in my body, how I train. Everything's very controlled and tracked, right? Mm. And and I was thinking about it and I was like, why do we work? Why 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 do we pursue work goals or whatever? And and the essence of it is is so we can build some stability financially and um, within a home so that we we're basically preparing for older life do you know what I mean so we have mm. these work goals and these these um, ambitions in our other areas of our life where I want to do that because it's going to be good for my work because it's going to propel me forward because it's going to get me money and then I might be able to buy a house and then I might be able to retire when I'm 57 I don't know whatever it is and it's like okay well let's look at that in terms of health and wellness I'm investing in my health and wellness and I'm not drinking alcohol and I'm really looking at my food and I'm doing all this strength training and I'm really thinking about my mind and I have therapy and I gratitude journal and I journal and I, I do all this stuff and I think about self-care, which we'll come to because I'm investing in my future so that when I'm 60, I'm still around for my little boy and he's not having to take care of me. And I'm as strong then as I am now. And mm. I look at as good and as I do. And he won't be little anymore. And I, I won't be li- And he won't be little anymore. He's going to be towering mm. above me. Because um, I don't want to be a burden. And I, yeah, you know, I want to be successful in my business. But at the same time, alongside that, there should be this investment in health and wellness and 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 everything that goes with that. So that when we are at a place in our life, when we have retired, we have got all this money, we've invested enough in our body, in our mind to enjoy it. And that's why I live like I do right now. You can call it boring. But actually, I'm just investing like you would for your retirement. Mm -hmm. I'm investing in my retirement, but in physical reality, not monetizing it or whatever. Do you know what I mean? 100% that is power yeah Yeah. and uh and I I don't know I I don't know why these thoughts come to me it's always just like 
I know what I look like to other people. I know that sometimes my life can look pretty boring. And it's like, that's okay. I'm okay with that because I know that I'm making that investment for me. I mean, my God, I, I, you know, people might be like, Jesus Christ, you track all your calories. And it's like, yes, I want to know what's going into my body. You know what is going into your bank account, right? I want to know, I want to know what's going into my body every single day. You yeah. look at like where the ten pound went on Netflix or Prime or whatever it is. It's like, yeah, I'm doing that too, but <laughs> I know exactly what's going into my body because actually, if I don't have my body, I can't work, and then and then we're in, then we're in a pickle. So, yeah, might be boring, but it's necessary as well. Exactly, and uh, well, it ain't boring because at the end of the day, you're living your life the way you want to live it, right? And uh, somebody yeah. else can live it the way they want to live it. So it's just a matter of perception. It's like, if you don't want to do that, don't do it yeah. then. Fine. Just um, just it. know cool. the, the thing I always say is just know the consequences of your decisions. That's it. Just know the consequences of your decisions. All right, fine. If you want to like, you know, if you want to go um, binge drink every weekend, it's like, cool. If you don't want to do what you're doing, that's again, cool. it's, there's, it's fine. You do, you do your thing, but you just got to know what the consequences of that are. It's like, um, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe fall in the pot at thirty, thirty-five instead of uh, um, feeling great and uh, feeling like you're younger than you ever feel. You know, so yeah. um, which is again, if just make the decision, but know full well where it can lead you, and uh, yeah. and understand what it is that you might be missing out on potentially. Because mm -hmm. we always make the opportunity cost is like, what is it that I'm losing out by? being in this journey in this way or and what is it that mm. i'm gaining from doing things this way so if the the gain outweighs the cost then don't even don't even care like don't even care what somebody else might say to you about um how you're living your life so um but yeah so it's just kind of knowing knowing that and knowing what the consequences are and knowing full well where your choices lead you and uh, you know yeah. where your choices are leading you because you're strongly attached to that. And mm. yeah, so you, Same you, you. Know, more power to you. So you just keep going. Yeah. And then, you know, somebody mm. else, but it, th this is the thing is like, I guess one of the, like going back to you giving up alcohol and just using that as mm. the, as like an example is, um, you were drinking, but you didn't really know where it was leading you until one day you decided to really look into it and you realize mm. this is where it's leading me. And I don't like that future, so I'm going to change it. And yeah, and that's that's big because that's what is happening. With, sorry, that's what's happening with a lot of people, where you're doing the action repeatedly, but you're not really know you don't really know where it's leading you, and you don't really understand whether it's good for you, whether it's bad for you, and um, like net net on the grand scheme of things, because it can be good for you in the moment. Because let's say with alcohol, you have a great time. With your friends, yeah, correct. Pay price a little bit the next day, but then do that repeatedly over a long enough timeline is like, what? What is that? You know, what is that doing for you? Um, so yeah, so it's just that idea of becoming aware of uh, the choices that you're making and how they're affecting you, so that you can make a, a more educated decision towards um, how you want to live your life and why. Yeah, you know what what uh and change your perception of you know what's boring and what's not so your life ain't yeah. boring because you actually my like life ain't boring because 
I like living it this way. And then somebody yeah. else's life completely different to ours. It ain't boring to them because they mm. like living it that way. Nah, that's fine because and that's the beauty of it all of as well boring. because there's variation in perception. Yeah, it's human experience, isn't it? And every human experience is going to be different. And the way people want to experience human life is going to be different. And I, I just, I like the mm -hmm. idea of investing in my future. This is what we do all the time. This is why we're on an NKT level one course next week, you know, assisting so that we're investing in our, in our futures and, and making us better. And I could think of no better way of living right now. Do you know what I mean? It's like I've always got that in my head that I should be doing this, mm. should be doing that, I should be, oh, what's happened to your program? You should be doing that. But it's like, yeah, it's all going to come. <laughs> and and, and it, isn't, it, isn't it nuts how it changes as well? It's like, if you'd spoken to us last year and said, oh, you're going to be doing a podcast and you would have interviewed all these people, we'd be like, what? And, and, now, and, and that's the beauty of it. It changes. And it grows and it develops. And mm -hmm. again, next year, it's going to change again. And it's all part of the investment towards your future, I think, to where you want to get to. Mm. So, yeah. 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 It's also, yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's a good point as well, because you can be really set, like potentially you can be really set in how you're uh, viewing the future to be. It was like, you know, I've got it. I've got this exact five year plan. I need to execute it this exact way. But then, um, change. yeah, life has a way of kind of like throwing curveballs at you. So it's just kind of, yeah, being, I always like that, um, that author, Tom Robbins, he just wrote the line of like, you know, stay committed to your decisions, but stay flexible in your approach. So, yeah, that's you know, a lovely you, quote. yeah. And just think of it that way, which is, okay, I really do want this thing to happen and I'm going to make it happen. But if it shows up in different avenues, um, then go down those avenues, you know, because um, there's one thing where going towards that thing and especially the more meaningful it becomes the more we try for it, it becomes more obvious when we fail because here's a clear goal now. And so if we're not quite making it there, we met with, we're hitting a brick wall, we're met with some resistance, you know, it can make us feel like we're failing. It can make us feel like we're, um, we, that thing isn't supposed to actually be achieved. But the truth is, is that's just an obstacle in the way. So it's showing you, it's probably redirecting you, right? It's looking at it in a new way. It's like, you've got yeah. this obstacle in the way you can't break through it. And you're thinking, shit. Um, okay. First of all, the question is, have I thrown everything at it potentially? Like, can I honestly say that I've given it my best shot to go down in this particular way? If the answer is no, then yeah. you still got more traction. You know, you still got more to make up on that path. But then mm -hmm. if you can genuinely say, it's like, I, I really don't know how I can take this any further. It's like, okay, well, look at the opportunity that it's presenting to you. It's like, okay, if I can't go this way, then it's narrowing my options to potentially better options. I've yeah. got another avenue that I need to go down here. And you kind of look at, you can just zoom out and you look at how it's changing your um, you zoom out and you look at where things have not worked out and, and just kind of look at the opposite and go, okay, well, how could I make that work out? And, yeah. and then you start to go down that track. So it's just, again, it's presenting a new, uh, possibility to you. And then you go down that track and you get a little bit closer towards your goal again. You're like, okay, now, okay, right. I'm getting, there, I'm getting, there, I'm getting there. And then you might hit another mm. block, you know, you might fail in another way and it's just further down the line. So you failed another way, it's just further down the line. 
and uh, now you've got to look at another way of getting there. So you keep refining, keep refining, or you just keep shifting and taking a slight tangent, but you're moving in that direction generally. So I think that's um, uh, I think that's that's a really useful way of looking at it because we can kind of get really bogged down and f- um, read down in the dumps about the idea that we're 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 failing at something or we're not getting mm-hmm. the thing that we want so badly to happen. But um, but it's just presenting an opportunity to look at it in a different way. And yeah, y- yeah, yeah, that capacity to just zoom out, that ability to just look at things from a bird's Important. eye view rather than, yeah, rather than just being in in it all the time because that way you can't really see the opportunities, but you have to be able to zoom out. And this is where having other people look out for you is a really, really good uh, solution to that um, whilst you developed mm-hmm. uh, that ability and that skill to be able to zoom out but even when you have that you still need other people's perspectives because you are just one mind looking at the world in the way that you want to look at the world you need to be able to take uh, take other perspectives on board and um yeah. and this is where it's an opportunity to take on a uh, like look at the problem in a different way by actually investigating something entirely different um mm. that's um I'm just trying to think of a personal example. So like a good example is like personally is just, okay, we're in the world of movement and our line of work. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to look at things in terms of anatomy and physiology and just be like, okay, you know, this, this, and this, and uh, the muscle pull Mm -hmm. is like this so that your bones can move you through the world. But then adding in, so then, you know, that's a certain way of looking at things. And then especially when it comes to rehab, it's like, well, if I'm only looking at it from a very just purely physiological point of view, just physical, mechanical point of view, it's like, well, I've done everything Mm -hmm. mechanically to try and solve this problem, but it's not making a difference to, to, I'm thinking of knees because I was just, um, a friend of mine just done his knee in recently and I was just helping him out a little bit with that. Mm -hmm. And so like that person is like, you know, you're looking at the problem mechanically and there's okay there's an injury here but mechanically when it recovers you're thinking to yourself okay well when the injury has recovered uh, physically it's fine again i should go back to being able to do everything that i want to do and without a different lens on it which is the neuroscientific lens of learning how your brain is governing the movement and why it's not going to be true that you can just mm. go back to doing the exercises you want to do without there being a compensation or without there being a consequence of that injury is um, having that view is helping to understand and pretty, put a lot more color on the situation than um, not having that lens to look at things through. So, you know, I could be hitting a wall potentially by just approaching everything mechanically and be like, okay, just like, wait for it to heal, take care of the inflammation mm. by doing this, this, and this, and then that will help. And then you go back to it as actually my knee still feels weak. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do jujitsu. I'm not confident like loading the knee up. It's like, well, everything feels like, you know, mechanically is better. So why aren't it working? And I've hit a wall there, but instead, you know, I start to approach the problem in a different way. I start to look sideways. I'm like, okay, well, what mm. else do I need to understand to help? me come around to fixing this problem is like, okay, I yeah. look around, I go, all right, I'm looking at some neurology. I'm looking at some neuroscience here. And then that tells me how the the brain is governing, governing 
um, movement patterns. And if we're not making a change in that level in the brain within yeah. um, the that that uh, that network which governs movement, then it doesn't matter what we do mechanically; it's not going to make a change. So I've just widened my scope. I've found another way to solve the problem. And now I'm going to get edging closer and closer towards a goal in this case of helping somebody get full function back through rehab. So that's a clear example of how you need to be able to look at things from a broader perspective, be able to zoom out and then start to move sideways into uh, different domains, different topics, different subject areas to help you come around and converge back onto the problem and be able to approach it with, uh, with more knowledge and more, um, uh, more ability. And yeah, so I think that's always a really important thing to be able to do is just, just because you're trying to get somewhere and you're not really getting there doesn't mean that you're not supposed to have that goal. You're not supposed to have that thing. You just need to approach it and uh, be open to the idea that you've got to approach it from different angles. Yeah, that was so cool. That was really cool. What a great example of uh, of using rehab and just branching out and, and looking at other stuff like the brain, which I, I've said that I think about three podcasts, but it is the control center of our entire body. And uh, yep. if we're not addressing that, if we're not looking at that, then potentially someone isn't going to go get better because everything's connected. Everything stems from and comes back to the brain. And it's, it's not just the movement parts of the brain that are affected. It's going to be the entire network of the brain when there's an injury, there's so much behind that. There's emotion and there's memory and there's mm-hmm. fault patterns and everything has to be addressed exactly. in that. And then we have to change those neuro connections or neuro connected to, to rewire and, 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 and give us something different. So I think if we track back to what this conversation is about, it's like learn from failure you're going to have to create something new. You're going to have to find a slightly different path. You're going to be right redirected. And that's okay because it's going to make you stronger in a way. Like if we, if we then like bring it back into the lens of rehab, once you, once you get an injury and you start to rehab and you look at everything that you've just talked about within the neuroscience, within the neurobiology, the neuroanatomy, the anatomy and the physiology, if you actually start to like investigate and really start to zoom in and and then zoom back out, you're going to become stronger because of it. So you could address that in life as well and actually look at mm-hmm. how you might think that you failed. But no, failure often is just redirection. It's like working around a problem. Yes. We can't do it this way. And like, if you look at that from child development, they have to do that, don't they? If they're building blocks and it all just comes down, they they figure out another way. If they're walking and they fall down, they don't just go, oh, sod it, I'm done, I'm, I'm not going to get back up. They they do it again and again and again and again and again until they get it. So, again, we could come back and look at child development and learn so much from them and know yeah. that failure isn't failure. It's, it's redirection and it's relearning and it's, it's moving in another direction and it's just doing it over and over and over until we not the same thing over and over. Cause that's, you know, that's, we don't get the result that way, but looking at another way, thinking about something else, it's like that you could apply to everything in life. I think. hundred percent smashed it there. That was fire. It's, um, it's true. Thanks. It's, 
<laughs> you want to look at uh, like actually the things you brought up that were really important as well because there's the mechanical aspect of like, again using the injury recovery as an example, mm. uh, but then there's the neuroscience of movement and how that affects things. But then you're absolutely right how mm. you think about the injury that you sustained, how the emotions that are attached to it. All of that comes into it too, because if you're angry, it's going to make your recovery a lot harder to come by. If the way you think about injury is bringing on a ton of anxiety, that's going to make your recovery a lot harder to come by. Mm -hmm. And when we had uh, Jake, um, the chiropractor, uh, Jake Cook, on episode 40, and you know, we, uh, basically he's a functional neurology specialist, so he's got a lot of uh, valuable insight Amazing. into how to well, how to recover from pain and like just generally how the nervous system is functioning as well. And, mm -hmm. um, and he just gave a good example of two people who, you know, might have been playing two, two dudes might've been playing. One of them kind of like runs into a tree and then just hurts his shoulder or something. I can't remember the exact example, but it's something like that. And, um, one person might look at that as, uh, something that was catastrophic. Another person was looking at his, oh, no, it was a bit of play. And I messed up and just kind of laughs it off. Yeah. And that person's recovery chances are much greater than the person who's like, oh my God, it was catastrophic and you yeah. know, I, I messed sense. up. So yeah, exactly. All of that plays into it and that's huge. And mm. um, I love the stuff that you mentioned about kids as well, because it's, it's exactly true. There's, it's amazing how something that isn't like this, this creature that isn't fully formed is can't even communicate with us uh, in like language is so almost like uh, it's like it's primitive it's it has uh what's the word it's like you know in a lot of ways seems like it's very helpless but there's so much that it teaches us as as people like the idea oh. of like a child learning to walk is about persistence it's about um, making mistakes over and over and over again, learning from them continuously and continue and just keep going and then keep going and keep going, and keep going until you perfect the, the art of walking in this sense. And, and what's interesting is, is like, obviously kids is centers of the brain, which are involved in decision-making aren't uh, they're obviously not mature. What's interesting yeah. is, is if they, if, if that matured before, um, they needed to develop the skills to do anything, they wouldn't yeah. do it. They wouldn't develop those skills, right? They would no. actually, uh, they would actually be like, oh no, you know what? That's, 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 that's way hard. Like, I'm not going to bother yeah. learning how to walk. So you wouldn't just do <laughs> it. Just and, have all these and... people lying. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, uh, do you remember that film? Like it was. Yeah, do you remember? I was just going to say, I was like, yeah. remember that film, Wally? <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. It's just like just people just scooting around with a screen in front of them and it's like, you know, they don't even know what's going on around the world. Yeah. Oh, it's a mess. It's, that's a messy future, and uh, that could be in our future yeah. if we don't change Terrible. it, ladies and gentlemen. No. So that's no, what no. we're here to do. We're here to change it. So We are. Yeah, it was... And, and that's what it is. So it like literally it's so, you know, it's in a way it's like evolutionarily speaking as well. There's, there's a reason it's almost like there's a reason that it happens that way around, because if it was the other way around, we just wouldn't bother maturing <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So, um, 
so that's why it makes it harder for us as adults as well because it's like yeah we can use that example uh, but also the flip side of it is uh, the, the the downside is like well we have autonomy over our decision making so we can decide not to do the thing that's hard and you know yeah. again makes logical sense but in the grand scheme of things it's actually not that logical because you have to do the hard thing to be able to get to where you want to be so uh, but that thing about kids is just it's it's such a such a like i love love i love watching kids do that you know just learning to walk like literally taking a mm. thousand making a thousand mistakes and getting better each time and then doing it with a smile on their face as well you know is they're just reaching for something and trying to crawl crawl yeah. um, get up towards the thing and they're really really excited yeah. about what they're about to achieve yeah. and then they screw it up and then they fall down and then yeah. you know there might be some tears just to, like you know, because they might have hurt agitation. themselves a little bit but then but, yeah. yeah agitation exactly and then it's like Oh, it's over really quickly, and then they do it again, and then do it yeah. again, and then they do it again, yeah. and that kind of um, so it's like it's an innocence, but it's um, there's so much to learn from that, which is basically treating the making of mistakes as as play, and just yes. run with that. It's not a it's not the end of the world. That mistake that has been made is just basically helping you refine. So when a kid is doing it, when a child is learning how to walk. Every time they make a mistake and fall over, their brain has registered that that's not the way to do the rep. And then they'll do it slightly better next time. They'll get another step yeah. out of it, and then they'll fall over again. It's like, okay, cool, I did that better. But uh, what was the thing that I messed up that time? I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to do it, and, and I'm going to and I'm going to try and correct that and carry on correcting it. Obviously, this is all going on at a sub, uh, subconscious level. But mm. um, but what we can take from it is that failure is going to happen. It's going to help us redirect, like you said. That was beautiful um beautiful little quote is like failure is often redirection and it's going to and, and then we approach it playfully and uh, the more playful it is yeah. the more it makes us want to get curiosity. up and do the thing yeah. over and over again curiosity and we just go forward and uh, and it allows us to keep going so the more we can treat it like play the more we can learn from our children and uh, by watching mm. kids how Cute. they screw things up and then just get back on it and uh, and then just keep going is is fantastic and it's just like you know even just regular relationships and stuff i remember when uh, you know a few weeks back and i went to see my friends and they've mm -hmm. uh, two couples who they've both got one-year-olds and um and i hadn't seen one of the kids uh, before so it's like hey, well she doesn't know who i am so i'm gonna have to build trust with yeah. her and uh, and then she might you know she might come to me she might want to play with me and then so there were a couple of times which was quite funny so it was really cool to see how this worked out and um there were a couple of times they were like you know do you want to play with uncle g you want to play with uncle g and then she would just turn Aww. turn her head and then just you know like stay hugging hugging her parents it's like cool i get it i get it you're not ready for that um totally. so it's cool and uh, <laughs> and then so what ended up happening was this was the story of you know me doing squats squat jumps and burpees for the baby right <laughs> because yes. she really likes seeing a lot of movement and uh when she yes. sees a lot of movement she gets really happy and then yeah so she started getting really happy i was just freaking working out for her basically which was hilarious and uh, she starts getting really happy she's got a big smile on her face and then after a little while like you know her dad's holding her and then i'm going behind his dad behind her dad and then just like playing a little bit of peekaboo so i'm like moving my head oh, one way and she's like where is he yeah. <laughs> moving my head the other way she's like where is he and then she starts cracking up and then after that and I was like, you want to come play? And then she came into my arms, right? So she, for about 20 oh, seconds, so she was really happy. She was yeah. really happy there. 
and then she was like oh no this isn't my dad and it just starts crying and then just like, okay cool cool we yeah, had yeah, we yeah. had 20 seconds you, you can go back to your dad but the point there was it was just about building trust right it was like activity and she's like oh okay cool i can trust this guy and trust me enough yeah. to come to me came to me but then after yeah. about 20 seconds, it was like, oh, no, that's it. And then went back. But imagine, like, you know, do that repeatedly. And then it's just going to be somebody who she's entirely comfortable hanging out with. Right. So that, again, yeah. is just another metaphor for, like, how it should be as adults as well. It's like Gorgeous. you can't just yeah. you got to be able to yeah. like build that trust with people. you got to be able to communicate with people in a way on their level where it's authentic and your your. Uh, uh, it's, it's that like, uh, you're building a relationship with that person and then you warrant trust. Mm. You just can't like go into something and like expect respect or expect, um, uh, trust. You have to, you have to be able to earn that over, uh, over time. And just by being able to God, basically yeah. tap into another person and being able to communicate with them on their level. And, um, so the better you get yeah. at doing stuff like that, and the better you're able to read people and the better you're able to communicate on their level, the quicker that can develop. Um, so, so that was like a really fun example of just how that works, you know, just how it works to, Beautiful um, example. yeah, to, to gain trust with, with people, not just yeah. the kids. No, but they are, but if you can gain trust with a child, like that's, that's like the ultimate because they are these these beautiful innocent beings and and they see it as it is do you know what i mean mm. and it's just yeah if you can build trust with a child that is like the most amazing thing um and i love that it's like yeah you could building trust with an adult it has to be all of those things um and and it is important and i think what i was thinking is like oh, maybe I, i'm probably a little bit too trusting of people and and that then right. brings us into the space of boundaries and things like that. And and you're right, people should earn your trust and they should earn your respect and 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 a space in your in your life in that way. So mm. yeah, I think I think it works on the reverse as well. It's that try not to be too trusting, which is you know something something of my personality is like I I can be too trusting and. And uh, and I don't know where to go with that other than that, you know, it's like maybe I should be a bit more like a baby and be like, mm, yeah, okay, you need to earn my trust. Like, you know, just, just do some burpees for me. And uh, I'm yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I should be, yeah, that should be the, yeah, you know what, that's a, that's a trust test right there. Like, are you willing to do burpees for me? And we're like, what? I was like, get the fuck out. You ain't doing burpees for me. You ain't, you ain't worthy of my time. <laughs> Like, because it's a hard activity, right? So if you said, yeah, if you said to somebody, oh, even just five minutes of burpees, if you just said to them, he's like, I need you to do five minutes of burpees for me to earn my trust, they'd be like, yeah, no, I'd rather not. And you know, you know if that person's worth having around. <laughs> you know then that they are, you know, they are, they are wanting to be in your life then. You know, if you're like, yeah. oh, no, this is, this is the part of it. You need to get down and do burpees for me and then I'll trust you and then you can have a space in my life. Oh my God, you have just given me like the best thing. It's like, if I, if I meet anyone new, it's like, yeah, yeah. If you want to be my mate, you've got to get down and do some burpees. What's a burpee? Oh, okay. Yeah. Next. Brilliant. I love it. Jog on. 
can't yeah. do a burpee. It's okay, I can help you do the burpee. You've got to be willing to do the burpee. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. The, uh, I call it the TT, Brilliant. the trust test. Yeah, yeah, I or love the it. The BTT, that's great. the burpee trust test. What have you used acronyms now, for God's sake? <laughs> yeah, you heard it. You heard it here first, uh, people. I think, yeah, I think you should burpee, go out and actually try test. it as well. Yeah, that's it. Shall I? think I? you should. Okay. S- not just you, I'm talking about everybody friend. who's listening. Okay. Yeah. Everybody who's yeah, listening. That's it. Go and go and approach your friends and um hit them with the BTT, the burpee trust test. He's like I love it. Can you do some burpees for me? And if they're like, nah, Are you you're willing? Like, our relation our relationship depends on it. And if they still say nah, you know, you just cross them off the list. They're done. You're through with them. Well then. Banger, you know what you're doing next week then? What? Burpees? You are going to be doing five minutes of burpees, yeah. Uh, I don't know if our relationship is important enough for that, June. (laughs) (laughs) Jude hangs up, leaves studio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're out. Blocked number. Nah. Nah, nah, nah. (laughs) We'll both be doing burpees together at the same time. BTT. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that's Brilliant. an interesting one. So we do it together. It's like, I trust you, you trust me. And then like, so that means none of, neither one of us is going to want to give up first as well. It's like, no, I've got more. I've got more <laughs> in to offer in this relationship. <laughs> yeah, we're just doing it forever. It'll be haggard <laughs> by the end of that course. And uh, <laughs> yeah, our course is right. Simon would be like, guys, I need your assistance. And we're like, Simon, we're not here can for you, that now. Can you get off and come and help us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is this is this is about burpees and trust now like okay i can't help you with the nkt testing we i help the people so we're gone yeah we, we need to we need to carry on burping she'll be like guys can you go home now and we'll be like no no we're not done yeah <laughs> still gotta do burpees <laughs> yeah we just burp your way home <laughs> get out of my fucking house yeah no, so no. that turns into a yeah that turns into a worm then doesn't it <laughs> If you're doing a moving burpee. What we'll get, I want to get out of our house and just do it on the road. Yeah. Just, I mm. can't do that. Do you know what? It was always, I always, always, always wanted to learn how to break dance. Let's do it. It's so cool. I, I want to learn how to break dance. I mean, I might break myself, but I just think it's such a cool thing. You know, like when they run up a wall and then they twizzle on their head and oh, so cool. <laughs> Yeah, I reckon just, yeah. Well, you're going through the hench program right now. So by like December comes yeah. around, you'll be a lot stronger as well. So then that'll probably be a good time right. to start doing okay. the breakdancing because you'll be a lot more confident in your strength and then you just smash it out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A little demo of uh, what needs to be improved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm such a bad dancer. What was that? Uh, break dancing. I, 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 don't know. I don't even know if I could do that as <laughs> well. It's just... I can't even do it the other way. Yeah, exactly. You can go one way, but then try to try to go the other way. I don't know. I have Why to work myself into that one. Up? Why are you doing it like that? It's, it's like it's like swimming sideways, right? It's like I don't know. I feel <laughs> like I'm like putting my hand in a pocket. I don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't don't take lessons from me. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. Didn't you do some circus training? 
Not that that's break dancing. I think you did about two weeks, didn't you? I think you managed yeah, I'm, about two I'm a weeks circus of freak. circus training. <laughs> training. No, no, no. It was. Uh, I just. How long I, I just. Did you do it for? Yeah. Yeah, for a second, I was like, what did you just say? And I realized, I remember now, no, there's the, the school uh, school of circus arts. I can't remember the exact name. They're in um, they're near Old Street. Um, yeah, it was like a 10, 10 weeks. It was 10 weeks of, um, yeah, like a couple hours on like a Tuesday night. And then, yeah, uh, like, yeah, gym, I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, oh crap! It's, I've totally forgotten now. But it's essentially, yeah, it was just basically um, circus training, uh, movement training for like a bit of bit of gym- gymnastics. Essentially, it was basically gymnastics, and we did some cool stuff where we you got a springboard floor as well. So we were just like practicing how to do handstands. Okay, uh, it was like an amalgamation of stuff. They had like oh, a specific wow. handstand class which you could do for ten weeks. They had a specific uh, like I think like a rings class as well, as in not rings, okay, um, but more the circus rings where you're working <laughs> with other people. And then uh, my one was just a bit more of a generalized one. So I spent a few weeks like working on cool. being inverted. Spend a few weeks like diving onto crash mats and stuff. And then, so that was a lot of fun. Okay. And uh, I think I did about seven so of the fun. 10 weeks because, yeah, it is. It was ridiculously fun. But I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't finish it off because I ended up, uh, that was also the time, at the same time when we were going wrestling and then one of the sessions, um, I put my back out, I put my back out for a few weeks. And then so I couldn't do do the, do the remainder of the classes. Right. But, um, uh, but yeah, but that kind of stuff was fun. And um yeah, I didn't have like the greatest time with the the teacher so who was teaching fun. it. I just, yeah, I just resonate with. I just didn't resonate with them. But so that also made it like oh, I don't feel okay. as inclined to come back to it. But it was. Uh, but oh, yeah, that's it's really fun. interesting. Hmm. Mm. That's mega interesting because that's everything. If you don't resonate with yeah. whoever's teaching you something, that's mm. massive. And actually, yeah. that can make or break whether you're going to continue with something along the path to your goal. So I think mm-hmm. there's a real lesson in that. It's like, don't be afraid to change your coach, your teacher, whoever it is yeah. that's bringing you this information, but maybe pick someone that resonates with you as well. I know it's difficult in that instance because there's not many people that teach circus training, but that's a huge deal. It's like you've got to pick the right person for the job, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Go and see a yeah. bunch of people decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. In that instance, it was a group class, and so it was a set twelve weeks as well, or ten weeks, or whatever it was. So it yeah. was just there. Yeah, that was that was never going to change, and I wasn't going to find like a one to one coach to do it with. But yeah, the point remains. <laughs> no, um, you got to you got to be able to train with people you you resonate with because, um, yeah, I mean, like jujitsu is another good example of that as well. I've been at um, I've trained at several clubs. And, and, you know, with a variety of teachers and yeah, there's a certain way that I, I resonate with and that mm-hmm. may, and that makes all the difference whether you keep coming back or not. So yes. yeah, you have to be able to, excuse me, you have to be able to, um, resonate with your coach and, you know, there's even, there's even, um, specific research on suggesting that the most important thing in your uh coaching journey is the relationship you have with your coach <coughs> as well so it's not even necessarily about the 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 program 
it's more about who the coach is the and, exercises. And, and the relationship you have yeah. with them. Their belief. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And their belief because in you when, as well. Yeah, exactly. And then you, in turn, believing in them. So when you have that, then mm. you're going to follow the process. You're going to do what you need to do. You're going to follow the program. And you're going to trust what the coach has to say because that's the stuff that's going to make the difference and it will allow you to change words. Mm. If you don't trust what they have to say, then you're just not going to follow the program, essentially, and you're just going to fall by the yeah. wayside and it's not going to work for you. So, yeah, arguably, it's the most important thing. And um, and I can, yeah, and yeah. I can test that just from that little example in that just didn't really resonate with the teacher. So I was like, when I'm going back, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to learn the way I want to learn. I'm not going to learn certain things, but, um, but it was, but yeah, it was, it was still fun. And I would, uh, mm. and it was just, yeah, exploration of your body and just doing lots of different things with your body. And that was cool. Yeah. Really cool. Made me think about authenticity. Yeah. And I don't even, even think, you know, right. as a coach or whatever, it's, it's necessarily that, but it's, who you gel with as a person, like whether, how, what, what makes that, how do you resonate with someone? Like what makes them resonate with you? And it's going to be different for everyone, mm. isn't it? So yeah. I'm just thinking for me, it would be someone that inspires me, but also has a sense of calm and kindness about them. I don't think I do well with people. I think we were talking about this last time um, that are taskmasters and they're just, it just, it just doesn't resonate with me and, and my body. So I think mm. it is about your values, beliefs, like what you what you see in a person, and that's what you're going to resonate with as well. So, I think as long as they're yeah. authentic, um, yeah, that's important. Yeah, big time. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Wasn't yeah, a lot of stuff. It just comes back to that as well because you can just mm. I don't know. You, you can you can sense bullshit and. I'm just trying to think. Cause you it's, it's... can, you can. But I, I, I have to say, I'm, as a person, I'm quite gullible. And uh, <laughs> I think I need a better bullshit radar, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'm a bit childlike in my demeanour, though, aren't I? And uh, I'm a bit like, shit, I really need to get a better bullshit radar. Help me with that. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. Yeah, okay. Let's, uh, yeah, let's see, see, see what we can do about that. <laughs> Okay. Is, uh, yeah, just first question to ask yourself. If somebody says something, you're like, is that true? It's the first question to ask yourself. I don't yourself. know sometimes. <laughs> if they're very good at blagging, mm. I wouldn't know. That's the thing. So yeah. I guess it's like, how does it feel in your body? How does it make you? Mm. How does someone make you feel in your body? If something feels awful, you feel uncomfortable. And this is, this is what I've been doing a lot of recently. It's like, how does something sit with me and make me feel in my body and I'm trying to mm. make decisions from a more intuitive place do you know what I mean it's like how and we talk about this we've talked about it in the past it's like how does that make me feel does it where is it sitting in my body does it make me feel anxious and tense does it you know not in an excited way or a hopeful way but in a mm, I'm not sure about this or does it does it make me feel cold how does this mm. person make me feel so I've been doing a lot of that recently I'm really trying to access I don't know stuff to to make me make better decisions mm. yeah you know that's I mean? a valuable practice mm. yeah I think the idea of yeah you've got to be able to sit with stuff and know how it makes you feel because then you don't know which which direction to take it in it's it's a layered it's a layered thing i think i, f I feel it is anyway because mm -hmm. you have to 
yeah, you have to get through your own bullshit as well is, uh, is, is an important part of that because you can, okay. like, again, you know, we say, yeah, emotions are essentially information, you know, they're telling us like what we are perceiving in our world mm. in a way. And that doesn't necessarily make your emotions true. Right. So if, for example, you get angry with something, say I said something to you and it made you angry, then you got to ask yourself, why is that, you know? And is like, is it because yes. what this person has said is true? If it's true, then why am I getting angry about it? Or oh, because it's touched on something which is quite uncomfortable for me to address, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then because, yeah, because like the truth is really is like, it wouldn't have to make you feel angry if uh, somebody said something to you and uh, you just knew that it wasn't true. So even if they're talking shit, you just go, all right, fine. So if there's, yeah, if there's a way, yeah, you just kind of use that as information to delve, delve deeper and then realize mm -hmm. what's actually going on. So anger is just covering up insecurity potentially. So, yeah. and then that insecurity is stemming from, yeah. I don't know, um, whatever experiences that you've had, which have um, made, yeah, made you, made you feel insecure and a protective mechanism is maybe anger. So, yeah, it's, I, I always look at it as information, like, um, and mm. then delving into that and then just figuring out what it actually means, because I like what you're doing there with sitting with it and trying to figure out how it feels to make a certain decision. And then it's just digging a little bit deeper than that as well as, okay, if I make this decision, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Why does it feel uncomfortable? Is it because it's genuinely not a good choice for me to make, or is it because it's making me confront something? that I've been putting off confronting and you have to get real honest with yourself. And then if it's the latter is like, okay, well that un un uncomfortable feeling is actually good for me. If it's the former, then you go, okay, great. I don't have to do this thing. Yeah, correct. And I, I think that would kind of move into something that I wanted to talk about, about self care and how mm. I think this whole online portrayal of self-care is taking time for yourself doing something nice for yourself and it and it is 100 it is you know it's a thing that we talked about in our last conversation about it, the whole getting your oxygen mask before you get everyone else's it is about looking after yourself but it's so much more than bubble baths and facials and and having a bit and having five minutes and having a cup of coffee in peace or whatever it is it's so much more than that i was really thinking about self-care this week and yes taking time out absolutely but also within what we've just been talking about it's actually sitting with your feelings with your thoughts with your emotions and sitting in them whether they're positive or negative good or bad uncomfortable they're making you feel a certain way it's it's learning to sit in that discomfort and not distract so that's mm -hmm. self-care to me it's not scrolling on social media for hours and hours or texting people because you want to like forget about the stuff that you've got to think about or something's making you feel uncomfortable or something's making you sad or you feel angry about something it's like self-care to me is sitting in that feeling 
and like you were just saying like why is that making me feel angry why is that making me feel sad what is it that that's happening and and allowing those feelings to wash over you rather than distracting because that's essentially what addiction is isn't it you're distracting from something by drinking too much or, or whatever it is and and not sitting with whatever it is that's going on in your life so what I've been doing this last week is just allowing the feelings to come and not pushing them away sitting in them mm. and yeah some of them aren't comfortable and and then writing about them or actually just sitting and observing them and 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 not doing something to get out of it <clears throat> and seeing what comes up and yeah it might not make me feel better but that is a form of self-care allowing stuff allowing yourself to feel stuff as a form of self-care because i think mm. we spend so much time dismissing and distracting from what really is going on um i think that makes you a better better in your life better you better as a person so that you're able to be more present and take care of around you <clears throat> yeah exactly and yeah there's um there's a line of thinking that self-care is very much like you know the fluffy stuff like you said just getting in a hot bath and you know what were the other examples like just you know just doing the have really pampering yeah exactly yeah all the pampering stuff that's it yeah, it's like all the pampering stuff as well. But actually, mm -hmm. self-care is also getting your hands dirty um, and you, to the extent oh. that or uh, getting 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 involved in something which takes a bit of graft, like um, self-care is exercise. Self-care is, you know, a sauna isn't necessarily comfortable while you're doing it. But, um, yeah. yeah, but it's building up, uh, building up uh, resilience to stress. Exercise is building up resilience to stress. Um Doing doing hard things is a form of self care, basically, and um, so yeah, it's like do those things because those help build up your resilience, so that you don't have to feel like you need to completely switch off from the world and have those kinds of days where you must pamper pamper yourself. So yeah, everything has its place. And it's just, um, but I think here what we're talking about is remembering what definition of self-care is, is, and it's not just what's pushed out there of do this, do that to take care of yourself. You know, just take it easy. Don't do anything difficult. Um, no, it can be the other way around as well. It can be do exercise. Yeah, it can um, do, do the hard thing, you know, and, um, and like self-care isn't doing nothing. Self-care could be going for a hike in the, uh, the woods, you know um do that kind of thing is like that's not particularly easy but that's way better for your well-being than if you yeah. do if you do nothing yeah. if you feel like you know you're just going to need to zone out and watch the tv so um just making sure that you're not confining yourself in your definition of what uh, self-care is and and making sure that you're yeah you're taking care of yourself in a variety of ways so that you always have something to fall back on when, uh, if something else gets taken away from you, you know, if you don't have the capacity to do, uh, facials or go to a spa or something like that, then you yeah, have other options in, in front of you instead. Yeah. You don't need to, you've got other exactly. options for you. No. And it, it's, it's having the hard conversations. It's, 
it is doing the hard thing. It could be studying. It could be actually getting your books out and studying. It could be mm. something that you've put exactly. off, like something financial. It could be, you know, having a, having a difficult conversation about your finances. Or, or it could be that, that for me, self, a form of self-care was admitting that I was drinking too much alcohol and, uh, and that I needed to change something. And it, sometimes it's admission. Mm-hmm. Self-care is admission or saying out yeah. loud that you need help. I think everything of that. So it isn't that fluffy, yeah, oh, I, I need time out. Yeah, absolutely. Be gentle with yourself when you need to. Take that time out. Mm-hmm. But then it comes back to that thing of work-life balance. If you've got it all in balance, there is no work-life balance because everything is is balanced. Like what you're doing, you know, it, it's all just balanced. So, yes, yeah, sometimes I absolutely need to take time out because I'm exhausted because being a single parent and running a business is, you know, it's difficult. But at the same time, if I have purpose and I have resilience and I'm doing self-care in the way of having difficult conversations and sitting in my emotions and, and yeah, having a bubble bath or whatever it is, it's like if you balance it all out, going for that hike, whatever, then that it's all self-care. It's all balanced. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite, yeah. it's quite liberating to do the hard thing as well, right? Just knowing that yeah. you're able to do it. Powerful. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that, yeah, again, talk about self-care. I mean, like, that's one of the most powerful things you can do is where you liberate yourself to believe that you can do the hard things. And yeah. Um, and therefore, yeah, you feel kind of unstoppable. And that's important. It's learning to say no, and it's learning to say yes as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like self-care is, is, is honoring yourself and knowing when to say mm-hmm. no to something, and it's knowing when to say yes to things as well. So it's, it's just really about knowing mm-hmm. yourself and listening to that intuition giving yourself yep. time and space but also knowing when to do the hard thing as well yeah completely that's a good place to leave it, i think i think so too pretty cool Knowing when to do the hard thing ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for tuning in and uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode tell us what you think and um, what resonated with you the most with this episode um find us on instagram at evolve achieve thrive to send us a dm or if you're watching on youtube just leave a comment in uh, the video description uh, sorry in uh, uh, for the video in the comment section and um please subscribe to the show on youtube on apple podcasts on spotify or your choice your favorite uh, podcast player and uh, leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get the show out there and helps us to um, build some credibility and get guests on for the show as well. So uh, help us out with that. So hope you really enjoy the episode today and see you next time.